Hey guys, welcome back to Pacific Wave. It's me, Billy, and today we have a very special guest. Um, joining us via Zoom is the very talented writer, filmmaker, and actor, Telfia Belesasa. Thank you for joining us. What's up? Thank you for having me. Thank you How are you going? I'm, I'm going good. I'm going good, uh, considering the state of the world. Um, what about this it? Year? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a year. What a bloody mess it's been. Yeah. Um, but no, no, doing well. Doing really well. Surviving, making it through, doing some cool stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Um, are you able to tell our listeners where you're from or where your family's from? So I am Fia Belisosa. My uh, I'm half Samoan, half Tagalogan. My Samoan links are to Vailokulauri and Fasasi Safutulafai in Samoa, and to Nukunalu in Togelau. And my diasporic roots are to the Pacific communities of Ford Block, Rotorua, New Zealand, and to Mount Druitt. Western, Western Sydney, the area. That's it. I know it's a big, it's a bloody mouthful, but I feel like I have to say all of it. Otherwise, yeah. I make I make less sense to people. So I don't know if you remember this, but um, I saw you in a play like five or six years ago. Um, it was called Black Oga. Uh, <laughs> Me and my friend were so inspired by the performance, and I actually wrote you like a long ass message. <laughs> Did you? Like I was such a and you replied like with a huge reply, and me and my friend were just like, "What the?" <laughs> like, you did you? Yeah, it was so long ago. Um, it was. Where'd you uh, watch it? Where'd you watch that show in Melbourne? Yeah, in Melbourne. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I was I was living in New Zealand at that time when we came. Yeah. To Melbourne for the summer festival or something. I think so. Yeah, it was just before I moved back to Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, and um. Yeah, that show was cool. Uh, you know what? Um, that show was uh, sort of um, a really transitional show for me as well in my own journey. So it was, it was cool that people like you reached out, and um, because I think at the same time I was processing that sort of stuff for myself. Yeah. So um, knowing that the story was hitting other people yeah. from my own community was was great. Great to know because you know sometimes you forget that those those things you do are sort of actually for other people. Yep. As well, and so you know that the work, if the work's hitting, then you're doing your job. So, I can't really remember what I wrote back, but I'm hoping it was good. It was so good. <laughs> oh, good. Um, good. I wasn't in a back then. I'll find it. <laughs> but we were, like, you were, we were such fangirls, and, like, since then, we've just been trying, like, I don't know, you, like, disappeared off social media or whatever, and then... Yeah, for ages. Yeah, and then yeah. you popped up. Um, what made you get into acting? I think, you know, when you're... You know, with island parents, when you're young and you say say something you want to be, yeah, and they kind of hold on to that gem until you know, and then like remind you of that. So yeah. I think, yeah. So when I was like, I don't know, like eight or nine or something, I must have said I wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah, and then my family just held to that. Yeah. But then in my last two years of high school, I ended up doing drama as a subject at school. Yeah. And um, a teacher, the teacher for drama, she ran private tuition. Uh, outside of school and it was expensive and I went to a private school so um, you know we were just there because it was the only Catholic school in the area um, and she obviously saw something in me and said come and do these tuition things classes for free um, so she cheated me and then I fell in love with this um, this thing where you, you could pretend to be someone else for a while yeah. and um, then I think in my last year of high school I was like man I think I want to be an actor but by that point you know 
it was too late because I had to leave high school and go to law school, as I promised when I was eight years old. Um, <laughs> um, you know, my parents held on to that. And so I went to drums, I went to law school. Um, and then halfway through law school, I got a role. I, I, I got into the Young Shakespeare Company and it was in uh, a show in London. And uh, we were putting on like a performance of Antony and Cleopatra. And so I went in the middle of semesters and did that for a while. And then I came back after that show. I was an 18 year old random Simon Dolan boy in London performing on the globe, which was Shakespeare's actual stage. And um, just decided on that point, I couldn't do law, but I stayed in law school for, I think another two and a half years. Yeah. By the end of third year, I was just so depressed. And I like dropped so, so depressed, dropped so much away. And my parents were like, okay, just go and do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. Cause you're clearly like, so dramatic you're gonna like be anorexic um which i was <laughs> i was like yay so i applied for drama school in new zealand and i went and i yeah i did three years at unitech and that was pretty much it after that i was i was sort of invested in the industry from that point i did writing as a as a uh, supplement uh subject and then when i came out of drama school i, I sort of did them in tandem and then have slowly like moved in and out of, of either acting or writing or filmmaking since. Do you prefer stage or screen? Ooh, good one. I, I think as an actor, like stage is definitely where you're worked the most. Like um, there's nowhere to hide when you're, when you're on a stage and there's something really exciting about performing in front of people. That's where people really see actors work in my opinion. But when it comes to sort of accessibility and storytelling and visuals, I'm very much into to film. Yeah. Um, being an actor on screen is so much more stagnant. You know, it's repetition, yeah. and and being able to keep that keep that performance alive uh, is also a craft in itself. But it's so much more effort and energy. I think, personally, other people will have a different opinion. Speaking of screen, we saw you on the recently picked up Sith. Um, yes. What was that experience like? And will we be seeing you on the full season that it's been picked up for? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so yeah, um, we we uh, officially got more funding to do a full season, which is amazing. Um, and that's more props to, to obviously Hanal Harris, who's the creator, and just the trailblazer and the, at the forefront of creating brown content for brown people. I got involved in that really largely, hugely to do with Hanal, because her and I were at drama school together. Wow. We were in the same class. We were one of the only brown people in our class of 24. and two of the only people still actively working in the industry yeah. at this point. Um, uh, working on that set was amazing. It was nice to go back to New Zealand uh, and do some stuff and know that I was still connected to the industry there. But yeah. also just like, you know, it's it's one thing to, to be a brown person in a production that's run by non-brown people. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole different energy to be a brown person working on a brown project, which is controlled by brown people. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's exactly what this is, and that's exactly sort of the co-popper of who her now is, yeah. and all the people that she surrounds herself with. And so that that show was just made entirely with love, um, and it was a show that integrated, like the process integrated, like the ways that we work as brown people, and integrating out the the the, the processes and the, the our cultural contexts into that work, and I think the result of that is exactly what we saw. Yeah. And that's why the community came out to support and loved it. And that's sort of 
why it's taken the trajectory that it, that it has. And I, I, I can't wait to do the full season, um, which I think I'm in. The <laughs> <laughs> like minute I just raving about it, I'm not even in it. Um, <laughs> like, who's that? <laughs> it's like, um, we wrote you out, I'm sorry. Um, even if they wrote me out, I would still freaking represent it. It's, yeah. it's exactly what we need to be doing anyway in the industry. Yeah. So yeah. And everyone, you know, the community came out and supported it. And it's because it's it's what we need right now. Your scenes with the girls are probably one of my favorites. Like for real, yeah. Oh, Why's that? What's what was that? With the white guy, um, oh, yeah, I yeah. thought it was just so realistic. <laughs> and, and you know, what? I got so many messages too from people who were like, "Is that that?" They were like, "Oh, that white guy's so funny. What a funny character. Is that real?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's based off like real writers' yeah, rooms. You know, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been in real real writers' rooms before, and it's literally like that. Yeah, where they're just like." You know, they they will just throw random ideas out like that as if yeah. we're supposed to be like, yeah, cool, we'll play gangsters, etc. Yeah. over and over again. I mean, it was a hard version of it, but it was still very much based and true. Yeah. And those scenes were, you know, the funny thing about those scenes were we were given the points that we needed to get to, but all of that is improv. And Bubba. We were improvising off bloody Bubba, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> so She's honestly the funniest person. And you know what's funny is that's just what she's like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most intelligent people you will ever yeah, meet. Yeah, totally. Think, yeah, to be that comedic, you have yeah. to be. There's a yeah. level of intelligence uh, that you have to have. Yeah. Um, but she's just so, she has no inhibition. She, you know, she, you know, she talks from the gutter, but we're all from the gutter. So, you yeah. know, she doesn't hold back. So yeah. I love that about her. And she, yeah, she really carries those scenes, I think, in my opinion. Speaking of like working on a brown production, why did you start Billy Sasa pictures? I cannot with myself right now. Oh, <laughs> do you want to take a break? Or... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need water. Because <laughs> I want a girl. You know, um, I, I always really wanted to start a company on my own, yeah. but just not this early. But I realized maybe last year after sort of working on so many other people's works and being out here in Western Sydney, um, it became more of a like a necessity to do so. Um, and I wanted to find a way to, um, you know, we sit around and we fill in uh, all these um, funding um, apps and all this stuff, but, and, but I didn't have a, a sort of a umbrella company that sort of allowed me to do it for myself. And so starting a company was a partly for my own growth so that I could learn to do these things for myself and be more self-sustainable where I wasn't um, always waiting for other people to give me work. Instead, mm. I could just generate the work myself. Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of sacrifice. A lot of a lot of that means like um, staying up very late at night or just not sleeping at all, investing a lot of your own money into, into your projects. Um, but I mean, there's no Pacifica sort of owned film companies in Western Sydney, other than myself and Satsu Studios, but we sort of, um, connected and we were like, let's start together, have our own companies and start this village of, of people. And so we started writing our own work and and um, it was to start from scratch, like we're starting from scratch in many ways because there has no, there has been no precedence for us. So there's a positive and negative to that. Yeah. It's a negative because, you know, you really have to build from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the positive is there's no blueprint so we can redefine what that looks like for ourselves. And also, you know, um, bringing in all these young people and all these, um, 
you know, these young people who who, who would never have perceived that as as a as a, as something to pursue. Mm-hmm. Now there's sort of like a visible pathway to pursue these dreams that they didn't even know that existed for them. But now that they can see that we're here uh, and that there is a, uh, a potential to pursue the dream without having to sacrifice who we are, uh, I think that that's sort of the reason why I wanted to start it. Um, yeah, just to, to start something, get the train moving and inspire Pacifica youth in this area to know that we're not, we don't have to resort to the things that we're told to all the time, you know, which are valid, like sports, valid, absolutely valid. You, you, you want to go get a regular job, do that. That's valid too. Yeah. Um, music, I mean, obviously the scene is popping off here in Western Sydney, um, but there's other things we can do as well, like make films. Yeah. And that, that sort of, it was more, more of a, providing more options for our, our, our young I don't mean to like pigeonhole you, but is there like an, I won't hold you to it as well, like, <laughs> is there no. like an overarching theme or like message that you want all your projects to have? No, not really. The For me, the only consistency is um, I will always, the protagonists will always be Pacifica for me. Yeah. The central characters will always be Pacifica. Um, and um, that is sort of the foundation of, of my company is to always use the platform to uplift our narratives and um like it makes no sense for me and f- for me as a pacifica filmmaker um um knowing how, how little visibility we have um to not use every opportunity to 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 tell our stories so for me that's the only consistent thing the demographic of the stories um and the intersectional you know the places that those inter- stories intersect um whether that be gender sexuality, um, et cetera, and et cetera. Um, they will always shift and change. Obviously, like I'm a very diverse person. Like, you know, my intersectionality is, it, you know, switches as well, you know, uh, based on sexuality. And, you know, I'm, I'm from a majority Polynesian, very dominant Pacific community, as well as being from one that's not very well known. And for me, a lot of that intersects as well in the way that I tell story. But at the root of it, it's always Pacific. 100%. Would you suggest going to school for filmmaking or other pathways? Boy, I thought about that the other day. I obviously went through a very white institution. That's where I learned the trade. Um, and like, I want to say, if that's what you want to do, go and do it. Um, and I, but I think in hindsight, I don't think I would have personally. I think those places really t- took away from me um my own sort of identity they prepped me for an industry that i wasn't gonna be accepted in anywhere you know what i mean so they were prepping me for a very white a very white focused industry and so when we came out people like me and hanau came out and the reason why you know hanau was so driven i mean i could i guess i can speak to her as her friend and someone who studied with her for a long time and we regenerated, started generating our own work instantly as soon as we came up because we knew that we had been fooled in many ways <laughs> um, into believing that they were prepping us for an industry that was going to welcome us. But that's not taken away from the fact that we learned a lot in those in, in that in that um, environment. Like we learned technique, we learned craftsmanship, we learned all that stuff, and those are tools that we still use. Um, but the things that were more valuable to us, which we had to regain after we left, were. Um, identity, our own identity as brown people and the realities of being a brown person in this industry. So that's a tough one because I don't want to be like, don't do it because you do learn things 
but also I want to say don't do it because I guess companies like myself, like Satsuk Studios, which is run by Ga Gabriel Satsu, and other uh, the rest of us who are popping up out here in the West, these are other ways that we can do it without having to go through formalized training. We're, we're trained, we're, we're trained storytellers and performers just by nature. And all we really need are just um, our own companies providing the opportunities to do that um, practically, I think. Going back to Sis and Hanel, I remember mm. she uh, the whole thing got some backlash on um, the representation of brown women. I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, oh yeah, the old hyena laugh. Yeah, hyena laugh. Yeah. What Ooh. are your thoughts on representation and um, how we're portrayed in media, especially like stuff that we produce ourselves? We are in a position like where we we are so underrepresented that to a degree, any representation that is positive for us um, is good for us. I'm going to speak directly to that comment which was made. A, because she's my cousin. <laughs> B, like that comment just was so out of place because it, again, it was so Euro, it was, whether she clocked it or not, it was very Eurocentric. Yeah. And it was valuing parts of, it was valuing us in a particular context and devaluing us in, instead of other contexts. Yeah. And it made uh, certain Pacific stories um, deemed more important. And the ones that were deemed more important from her perspective, ones that were more educated, etc. All this stuff, you know, had well-paid jobs, which which are valid. The stories are equally as valid. But I think her comment completely wrote off everyone who wasn't. Which you know, are people like our migrant parents who didn't weren't afforded the the ability to to go through Western institutions of education. So I love what Sis did. I think Sis was real. I think it spoke to to who we are behind closed doors, and that's sort of what the point of that was. And a lot of my work is in, in the same vein. Like, we're ratchet people. Like, a little bit professional and a little bit ratchet. And we yeah. can speak to both of those equally. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that they spoke about a lot of taboo stuff. Like, it's yeah. one of my favorite things. Like, sex and, like, just totally. random. Or, like, siblings talking about stuff, parents talking about stuff. Like, we don't see that a lot. So that was no. another big takeaway. It totally, like, broke down all those these wars. Again, like you said, like, the taboos of of who, who we perceive ourselves to be in the reality like it, it's all part of this idea of like decolonizing who we are mm -hmm. um because we do talk about all that stuff behind closed doors yeah and so if we're going to tell stories we have to tell like the authentic parts of who we are even if it's stuff that we we don't like to admit in the mirror yeah those those are really important stories they need yeah. to be told um you know the whole taboo around talking about sex we are some of the most like sexually driven people in the world it, it's a discussion like it's a it's a real thing and but that's it's not a bad thing to be that way and so the to open the discussion it allows us to sort of claim that stuff for ourselves i mean we're in heart <laughs> we are some of the most i will i will say this to the to, to, to love in the grave we are the, some of the most beautiful attractive people in the world mm -hmm. why not celebrate that we're not one tone we're not one note so are you able to talk about your upcoming um, Parramatta series and day two and when we can expect those to drop? So they're both, the, we shot two pilots for Parramatta and Daity, two very different shows, but um, both with Sam West and Sydney. Um, and we drop, we drop them separately. So Parramatta will come out first and it drops on the third week of November. So we have about six weeks till that drops. And then Daity, uh, we drop uh, later in December. Yeah, Parramatta is, is a cool show about, you know, four 
well, a group of Pacifica boys pursuing sort of professional football, you know, and football sort of serves more as the backstory, but it's more about these young, young Pacifica boys growing up in Western Sydney, trying to navigate, you know, numerous things. Growing up as young people in this really elite environment, sports, elite sports environment, um, and navigating, you know, love and loss and grief and sexuality and all these diverse sort of things um, that we don't really think about when we look at, you know, our boys playing NRL and stuff. You know, we just sort of see the glorified parts of sport. We don't really see the truths. And, you know, Pacifica men have one of the highest rates of suicide in this country. And in, in, in a roundabout way, we're sort of discussing what happens to our men after they're sort of dropped, you know, dropped out of these elite environments where many of them are just numbers. And, and Parramatta was about sort of, sort of reminding them that, reminding them and reminding the audience that, you know, you know, it's, you know, sports is, is one way we can excel, but there's so many things that have, we can do after that. Mm -hmm. There are so many things we can do um, that, that aren't there. Um, and, and so what are the narratives that we're not hearing sort of in that world? I mean, most of us here in Western Sydney, and I'm sure just around the country, we know someone who, who's in that world, who's pursuing that, at, at, you know, and you know, the pressures of that from our families on those boys are huge, Yeah, you know? To, to sort of uplift our, our entire families out of whatever, you know, barriers we're encountering in life. You know, and, and the show was based, was 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 inspired by my little brother, you know, who who, who too was in that world. Um, you know, the, name, the main character's named after him. And it was about, you know, this young kid, you know, watching my young brother go through that in the highs and lows of that. Um, that no one sees from, my, you know, the pressures on him to succeed and, and just do well for us. and. Those are huge on young men, you know, they're still trying to grow up. And those are the stories that are, of that world that I wanted to speak to. Especially, you know, for my little brother, who whether he feels like he succeeded or not is irrelevant. It's about um, the fact that he tried or is still trying is enough. Um, and Deity is a, is a show set in a fictional high school called Montreal High. Um, and without giving away too much, um, it's sort of a fan, set in a really fantasy world where these kids, the most unlikely strip of someone kids, um, become the heroes of, of, they end up on this mission where they have to become the heroes um, and uh, save this other someone girl from their class. The, the reason for that show was to speak to, you know, there's there's uh, us generally as sort of kid, us figure kids who are in the margins, but then there's the kids in the margin of our own community. Yep. Um, you know, kids experience, you know, kids from the LGBT community, kids are disabled youth who we never acknowledge in any sort of way. You know, the, that's what this story is about, empowering not just Pacifica kids, but the Pacifica kids in, in the margins of the margin. And um, basically it's about these kids who acquire this sort of knowledge from the past and our ancestors, and then who use that uh, in the present in contemporary Australia to then pursue this mission to resolve our mystery. I love that. And it's also in Mount Jewel, which is also the unlikeliest place to come. Yeah. Where their ancestors show up in the unlikeliest place and give these unlikeliest kids these this knowledge to to become the heroes. Exciting, some exciting stuff happening. For Where can we catch them? So they'll, um, they'll be up uh, probably on a platform yet to be announced. It's, um, we are sort of in discussions with um, different um, parties at this point, um, which is really exciting. The NRL came on board Parramatta to support and um, advocate for the work. Um, which makes sense because obviously 47% of the NRL are Pacifica men. Yep. Um, so it was really, we're, we're really excited that they jumped on board to support. 
And um, but yeah, we'll, we will we'll, uh, sort of make announcements. So stay, obviously watch social media, keep in the loop that way, because we'll be dropping info sort of gradually. Yeah, yeah. drop your ads. Drop my ads. Uh, uh, so you can follow Bilesis of Books on Instagram. Uh, or if you are really into really long captions, <laughs> That's not my favorite. follow my my personal account, which is at the Velisosa Dream. Um, while you're at it, follow uh, at Satil Studios because uh, he too is doing the work, doing the work as well. We just filmed his uh, his pilot for his episode as well over the weekend. Cool. Uh, his, his is really cool. His, his is very female driven. So yeah. um, I remember when he was very, not long ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a really exciting process. So, you know what's really been cool about um, sort of dropping our stuff in and around the same time is we've just got sort of hordes of people from the community just like being like, hey, where the hell did these guys come from? Yeah. We've been here, we've just been grinding away quietly, quietly. But we all, coming out together was really important because we sort of became, you know, come out, came out as a force, the United Force, so, and building this village gradually. So you'll see a lot of similar faces in his work and my work because that's sort of the point is yeah. to just have this big group of people just come out of nowhere and be like, we're here, join us, you know? Love that. Um, so yeah. mm. Do you have any advice for our young listeners? Man, young people, um, you guys are the reason why. Uh, man, I, 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 I can cry over this stuff like every day. Um, we totally, you know, we live in a world where we are so absorbed in now, you know, and, and, and we always speak of our ancestors um, without with forgetting that we at some point will become them. Mm-hmm. And so what we do right now should always be for them. And so my, my, my advice for young people, especially Pacifica people, Pacifica young, Pacifica young people is, you know, the world's been really hard on us, I think. And you know, um, we came from this huge navigational history where our people sailed that ocean, the biggest ocean in the world, for centuries and centuries, like a highway. We were trading, we were intermarrying, we were sharing culture, we were, it was transaction throughout the entire Pacific. And then we were reduced to a pond and we were told we could only stay in the pond, you know, after coming from a massive ocean. So my advice is remember that, remember where we came from, because that, that it sounds really cliche and tacky, but if you can remember the greatness of what we came from, mm-hmm. it's so empowering. It's so empowering um, to know that that lives and exists in us. And it's the thing that I try and remind myself about every day. You know, when I have these small obstacles that are so first world, I remember, you know, the, 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 the struggles and the, the achievements of, of our ancestors. You know, leave a legacy of some sort. That's the beauty of being a Pacifica person. And something that I think I don't see in other diaspora around the world is how we come from so such distinctive parts of countries with our distinct cultures, but we always turn up for each other in a way that I don't see other diaspora do. You know, whether it's a Tongan Muso doing well, we're all like, yay. Whether it's a, you know, a Kogalin or Samoa, everyone is united in the Pacific diaspora in a way that I don't see in other ways. So go out there, support each other, whether you like their music, whether you support their music, whether you like their work, irrelevant. Just support the fact that brown people are out there doing some cool things. Um, because we need numbers and we need to we're not in a position to to bring each other down right now well i just wanted to say a big thank you to you for coming it's been an honor 
Um, I know for Kamaya as well, we've wanted to have you on for so long. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, it's my it's my honor. And I just wanted to say props to you guys as well. Like, you guys are out, out there doing the work too in Brisbane. And um, I, we see you. We, we love the work you guys are doing up there as well. So we're all, you know, rowing the same boat. Yeah. So yeah, props to you guys. Yeah.